if you would turn with me in your Bibles, and let's make sure we got, we got this on podcast. Yeah. All right. This morning, we're going to continue in our series in the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark. And the title of this morning's message is this. Big problems, big opportunities. Big problems, big opportunities. And if you could just turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. And here's what it says. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. And and, uh, if you received the bulletin this morning, you should kind of have an outline of where we're going to kind of head with this this morning. And it says this. And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, I just want to let you know something. Because this is a distinction in the church. This is a distinction in Jesus' ministry. Just because you attend a place doesn't mean you're a disciple of that place. There is such thing as still being the crowd. You have to press ahead and press forward. There's a difference. Jesus, scripture makes a distinction in between the disciples and the crowd. And so there was the disciples, there was the crowd. And Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. There'll be people that will tell you to shut up. Sometimes you will tell yourself to shut up. You can't do this. You can't make it. You're not qualified enough. Can I tell you something? I believe that God calls the unqualified. See, God is the one who needs to qualify your call. Not man, not education. There was a song that I used to like when I was growing up. Okay? And I realize there's going to be a generational gap. And I realize half of you are probably going to call me heathen. Okay? There was a song that I had when growing up. Uh, you know, Jennifer Lopez made her uh, debut uh, in, in the movie Selena and then in the movie Anaconda. And then she thought that she could sing. She thought that she could sing. Uh, okay. But she came out uh, with this song. Uh, and the song was, don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still, I'm still Jenny from the block. That, that was her, her, don't be fooled by how famous I've gotten. I'm still the same person. I'm still the person that you, that you knew uh, from the block. Education won't do. I'm still the same guy. I'm still the same dude that grew up in a street in New York City. I'm still the same guy. Education doesn't change me. It helps me, but it doesn't change me. It didn't calm me. My college didn't calm me. My master's degree didn't calm me. None of those things called me. God called me and I responded to God's call. And when God called me, I was unqualified. I was a kid. I couldn't lead anything, let alone a dog. But God called. Some of y'all need to cry out to Jesus even when the world is telling you to stop. Even when you're telling yourself to stop. Even when family members are telling you to stop. Get out of there. Stop doing that. You'll become of nothing there. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he's calling you. Get up. He's sitting down. 
He'd probably been there for a long time. He's blind. Get up. Okay. He's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, his jacket, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Speak to us strongly, boldly, and powerfully this morning by the power of your Holy Spirit. See, a person full of faith finds opportunities in problems. A person of doubt will find problems in opportunities. I'm going to say that again. A person full of faith finds opportunities in problems. A person of doubt, and I've been there before, so I'm not trying to call you out. I've been there. I can be there at certain moments of my life, but a person of doubt will find problems in opportunities. If we could, all of us would order a trouble-free, problem-free, pain-free lifestyle if we could, wouldn't we? How many of you, if that was being served up on the table, you say yes and amen. I have been through a lot in my life. Sometimes I felt like quitting. If I could order up a trouble-free, problem-free, pain-free lifestyle, I would. If I could order up a trouble-free, problem-free, pain-free church, then I would. We could expect smooth, worry-free, plenty of money, love, and peaceful times. But since the fall of Adam, the reality of daily life is not what we would order. Why do light bulbs have to burn out? Why do I have to get a flat tire on my way to do something important? Why does the car and the washing machine have to break down? Why can't I afford the rent this month? Job, um, who is, it's literally the oldest book in the Bible. It's older than the, than the book of Genesis. The, the book of Job 14.1. I'm going to read it to you in two different versions. It says, Man that is born of a woman is few of days and full of trouble. Here's another one, the message. It says, we're all adrift in the same boat, too few days and too many troubles. And that's the truth, ain't it? In the end, we have too few days and way too many problems. But here's the problem with us. Sometimes when it comes to problems, we have never learned how to deal with them. We've never learned how to deal with conflict. Nobody's ever taught us a class on it. We never learned how to deal with problems. I mean, seriously, our parents, many of our parents set us up in such a way where they painted life as something rosy. And the truth is, is it's not. It's tough. It's difficult. And somewhere along the line, we either need to learn, we need to learn from our problems. We need to learn from our troubles. We need to learn from the conflict. We need to expect the pain. We need to expect the heartaches. They're a part of life. But here's the difference in between what the world sees and what the believer sees. The believer needs to look, the believer in Christ Jesus needs to look at a problem and say, that 
problem, that issue might be the door to the next level. That problem, that issue might be the open door to emotional healing. It just might be the open door to my next miracle. So let's define what a problem is. A problem is something that agitates mentally or spiritually. Something that is difficult to deal with. A source of trouble, worry, pain, disappointment. It's hard to understand. It vexes you. It distresses you. It's to feel worried. It's to feel upset. It's to be disturbed. It's to cause pain. But let me talk to you about opportunity. Because opportunity is the amount of time or situation in which something can be done. It's a good chance for advancement or progress. It's when conditions are favorable to accomplish a goal or a desire. Just because they don't feel favorable for a miracle doesn't mean that God doesn't feel it's a favorable time for a miracle. See, we need to grow into a healthy mentality, into a healthy attitude that says, I'm going to expect problems to come. They will come. How many of you are in a problem right now? In a storm? All right. Y'all, the rest of you who are in a calm, get ready, get ready, get ready. It's just around the river bend. Here's the truth. The reality of daily life is that God gave you a brain and God gave you faith. And we need to find creative use of conflict And see the problem and the trouble as the potential for a great opportunity for God to show you what he's made of. I don't think y'all heard me. You need to find creative use for your problems, for your struggles. That destitute relationship, those broken issues, those financial problems that you are facing, that sickness that you're facing, you need to look at things and turn it upside down and say, I am going to use this creatively and I'm going to see this problem as a solution, this issue as an opportunity for God to show me what he's made of. Galatians 6.10, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Every time we go through a problem, don't we just want to blame someone? We tend to play the blame game, and while we're playing the blame game, we may hinder our miracle. I've learned to be very careful through the season that I've been through. That I don't misinterpret and misunderstand and say, God, the devil is at work. When it might be God doing the shaking. When it might be God that's trying to work his ends out in my life, in the life of this church. See, I went in in a room while visiting someone in the hospital and, and the lady was crying and she was soul searching. And the visitors from her church came and, and they left her with a heavy thought on her mind. And here's what they asked her. What terrible sin have you committed to land you in this hospital bed? What terrible sin have you committed to land you up in this hospital bed? But you see, you shake your head and you say, that's not right. That's wrong. But don't you tell yourself the same thing? 
what have I done wrong, Lord? What's going on that my tree is being shaken? What's going on that my health is being afflicted? What's going on with the relationships around me that everything is breaking all apart? Why is this earthquake hitting my life at this moment? Why is there so much discord and family issues at this moment? Don't we say the same things to ourselves? I'm going to read to you a story. John chapter 9 verse 1. And Jesus was passing by and he saw a man that was blind from birth. This is a different story. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the glory of God should be made manifest to him. What if the earthquake that is surrounding you, the issues that are going down, is because the glory of God wants to shine through in your life and you're busy blaming Satan for it. And God is say give me the credit because I am drawing something out of you I am squeezing something out of you that would have never come out unless the plane would have afflicted you oh it is good to be afflicted but we can't say that when we're going through it we can only say that when it's 2020 and it's behind us and we can say wow God Oh, I didn't realize that you were afflicting me for this reason. But it is good that I was afflicted. Because if I had not been afflicted, this glory, this greater level would have never come forth. God can open the door to your miracles. But we need to live our lives by looking forward. If we really had God vision, we can see that God is writing history. Some of y'all think that the devil's writing the story of your life. He doesn't have that power. The Bible says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the only author. He is the one who is writing the story of your life. Your future is brighter when it's in the hands of Christ Jesus. Your future is brighter than your past. And if we could see behind the lines of history, we could see God's unseen hand at work. We can understand that sickness and death are not necessarily the results of sin. We could begin to look at life through a new perspective. Because some of us, we get that flat tire, right? And we think, man, I must have not tithed. I didn't give him the offering. I didn't go to church this week. Thanks a lot, God. Could it be, could it be that you have 60,000 miles on a 50,000 mile tire? Could it be that it's time for some of these things to happen? Could it, could it be that it's time for some of these shifts to occur? I'm calling you church to see the trouble, the problem as a great opportunity see the more we trust god and have more faith we release the more we could accept the problem is a great opportunity to see god's best is at work in this trial and storm only god can open the door to my miracle see jesus never focused on the problem jesus focused beyond the problem he he saw the person we're going to focus in we're going to laser in on this story Jesus is going through, he's leaving the town, uh, uh, they came through Jericho, and, and this beggar is there by the roadside. 
And when he heard that Jesus was there, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up. He's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and he followed him on his way. Someone along the way told that man with that big problem about Jesus. And this new opportunity that he has in front of it, all of it hinges on Jesus. So some of you are looking at this story and you're saying, this issue started out this miracle started out with the blind man and jesus and i'm telling you no it didn't no it didn't that's not where the miracle started let me talk to you about where the miracle really started the miracle started with the person that said hey jesus is on the way jesus is coming he's coming through that path (laughs) See, see, whoever told the blind man about Jesus started this miracle, began to pull this miracle into motion. Here comes your miracle. And you know what people do? People can be so cruel. Shut up, Bartimaeus. Shut up. But let me tell you something. If he shuts up, he will go to the grave blind and hopeless. If he doesn't cry out and recognize and see Jesus as his opportunity, he will stay in his same condition. So Bartimaeus recognizing that, not wanting to go to the grave in the same condition that it has afflicted him his whole life, yells out even louder. And he has this problem. And this problem will place him in the history books because he recognized the problem as an opportunity. And he didn't let anything at all close the door on his miracle. Is it strange to you that Jesus did not go to the blind Bartimaeus? See, today handicapped policy would have defined that Jesus would go to the blind man. He would go to the one that is ailing. But Bartimaeus was the one who had to take the step of faith. The door to his miracle had to ignore the negative people that said, shut up. Bartimaeus had to have the faith to step up and to start walking. Where are you going, boy? Jesus has called me. Where are you going, boy? Sit down. Shut up. Don't ask for him anymore. He's too busy for you. I'm getting up. He's called me. And I'm going to find Jesus. And Jesus stood still. Oh man, when Jesus stands still, when Jesus is observant. See, in the New Testament days, blind people wore, they would wear a garment. And that garment would reveal to those that saw the coat that this individual was blind and they were a certified beggar. They could not work. Make this a big note this morning. The blind man had to cast away his blind garment while he was still blind. I'm going to say that again. The blind man had to cast away the blind garment while he was still blind. The miracle hadn't happened, but he was already casting away the stereotypes, the stigma, so that he can get up and move forward. 
This required great faith. You see that he knew when he threw away the coat, he said, I'm not going home the way I came here. I'm going home healed. I'm going home delivered. And Jesus asked the blind man a foolish question, right? What do you want, blind man? And his answer was clear. I want to see. There's no recording of the laying on of hands and praying. You see, the door to overcome the problem was set into action when Bartimaeus started yelling. Jesus, I'm ready. That's what he was crying out to the Lord. So though you read, Jesus, son of David, here's how I read. Jesus, I'm ready. I am ready for my miracle. This problem too shall pass. Your glory will shine through through this night. And Jesus actually tells him before he's even healed, go your way. You're healed. And, and, and here's the, the, the story. If you look at the story, come, come on here, Joe. Joe, come on. Come on, help me out. Bartimaeus is blind. He's coming to Jesus for healing. Okay? He cannot see. Right? And Jesus is saying, hey, what do you want? I want to have sight. Okay. Go. Start walking. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say that Jesus healed him immediately when he put his hands on him, when he spoke to him. The Bible says that when he went on his way, when he went on his way, the healing happened. When he follows Jesus, his problem is no longer his problem. And it wasn't just that he went on his way. He was following Jesus. He went with the crowd. He said, oh man, I'm going to go where this guy goes. I'm going to be part of the crowd. I'm going to be part of the disciples. And he receives his sight. I'm going to tell you something this morning, church. Jesus is passing by this morning. Don't be silent. Ignore the voices of the negative crowd. Make the choice to hear the voice of God. Come near to Jesus. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, the Bible says. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners. Purify your hearts. That's the New Testament, baby. James chapter 4, verse 7. Clean your hearts. Set yourself up. So let God work his will in you. Yell aloud no to the devil and watch him run away. James chapter 4, verse 7. The message. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. We need to hear this message this morning. We need to get up. We need to cry out. I want more than religion. I want more than the same old stuff. I want a relationship with the son of God. Jesus, do not pass me by. Come closer. Jesus, hear my cry. While I'm calling out, don't pass.
pass me by God I'm in need of a miracle you promised to fill the hungry Lord Jesus well I am hungry Jesus you heal from drugs well I am afflicted Jesus you heal from alcohol well I am afflicted Jesus you heal from disagreement and division Jesus bring unity to this body Jesus you heal from the spirit of sameness and unfaithfulness Jesus heal from sickness and pain Jesus heal us from the scars of our past and forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us come on church teach us to shout and clap with the force of all of our lungs there's power in the word of God Psalm 47 verse 1 oh clap your hands all you people shout unto God with the voice of triumph I'm not a word of faith guy but I'm going to tell you something some of us are walking more in defeat than we are in victory and just because the battlefield is all around you and there's bodies lying around doesn't mean that victory has not happened or will not happen it's just victory is tough and it requires war but we don't war against flesh and blood we war on our knees church let me just share this with you this morning you need to eagerly expect one of two things on your way to healing and on your way to meeting jesus number one you need to expect god's grace to endure in your situation sometimes god will give you the grace to stay where you're at and to plug ahead where you're at and to go through what you're going through and to be in that relationship that you're in sometimes god will give you the grace to endure sometimes God will reveal his hand which will deliver have you ever noticed something I've noticed this you know emotions are contagious emotions are contagious I'm going to tell you something the truth about myself I'm a skunk I'm going to help you out with that I'm a skunk you know what that means that means when I feel emotionally wounded and hurt, everyone can tell what's going on in my heart. Y'all are skunks sometimes, yeah. Some of you guys. But here's the thing. Everything around you starts to stink. That's the problem. So while you're hurting, everything around you starts to hurt. But do you notice that when there's victory, oh, that's contagious as well. But there's something to this because the Bible says that we need to weep with those who weep and have joy with those who have joy. That means in some ways we empathize, we feel the same things that they do. It's that we can't get away around that because when we're close to somebody, there's something unique about relationship that when you're really close with somebody, you're really front of, you feel what they feel. You feel the pain that they feel. But you also feel the joy that they feel. Have you ever noticed this, that when one person starts clapping, other people will start clapping too? Have you ever noticed when a standing ovation starts with one person, and if one person shouts, if one person starts singing? Why not be the one that fans the flame? Why not be the one that ignites the praise? 
I want to know this morning, church, where are the igniters of worship? Where are the people that can develop a vision beyond their problems? Where are the people that will arise and fan the flames that will bring forth your miracle? I want to know where you're at this morning because Jesus wants to do something in this place. We don't need a band. We don't need singers. We need your praise. Hey, hallelujah. We need your praise. We need to shout out and say, though the problem may look bad, there is victory. It is on the way. And my praise will bring it forth. Come on now. Let your praise bring it forth. See, a person full of faith finds opportunities and problems. But a person full of doubt will find problems and opportunities. I'm going to end with this short story. I read a story where a shoe company, they sent two salesmen to different areas of the Australian outback. Not on Route 23. The camp. For those of you who are Spanish, El Campo. They sent them out to the camp. And a few days later, the company heard from both salesmen via a telegram. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. And salesman number one said this. Here's what salesman number one said. Ready? No business here. Natives do not wear shoes. No business here. Natives do not wear shoes. Salesman number two came back, telegraphed the company back and said, great opportunities here. Natives do not wear shoes. Problems versus opportunities. I pray in the name of Jesus that your world will turn upside down this week. I pray that you would see your problem from a new light and that you would see God working. Can I tell you something? It ain't easy. It's not easy when God is moving in your life. Surgery is tough. Surgery takes prep beforehand. And it takes recovery afterhand. And sometimes when God is done working on you and on your life, there's a surgery that's going down. And you're going to need some time to recover from that. And it's going to be painful. And it's going to hurt. But it is to your benefit that you have been afflicted. Come on, thank God. Thank God for that person you know that was a problem in your life. There's some people that I know that were issues in my life. But had they not met me, had I not been in relationship with them, had they not had the opportunity to afflict me in certain ways, I never would be the person that I am. I would never be in this church had someone not afflicted me. Never. I would have never made it here. I would have been pastoring a little storefront Pentecostal church in Manhattan. That was my call. I didn't know churches this size existed. I didn't know it. It was good that you were afflicted. Big problems, big opportunities with a big God.